Put paste and delay creates. And just like this music, nose breathing can help you relax. And this may surprise some, but I never breathe through my nose when running. I find it much more relaxing to focus on controlled breathing through my mouth only. But it also doesn't mean I'm against nose breathing. Those are the words of Mike Trees, and in this episode, we want to use science and our own experience to answer the question, should an endurance athlete breathe through their nose or their mouth, and why? Find out the answer to that question and more on this episode of Trees and D-Lake. Don't master a lot, don't master a little, just stay in the middle. Don't master all, don't master none, just be a master of some. What is up? Welcome to Trees and D-Lake, a podcast series by Mike Trees and yours truly, Darren D-Lake Creates. In this series, our goal is to educate and entertain smart and committed runners like yourself. A bit more on that from Mike Trees. Hi, I'm Mike Trees and I'm a professional triathlon and running coach. Been doing it all my life and the aim of this podcast is to give, in a light-hearted, amusing and entertaining way, hints and tips to help you all run better and enjoy your sporting life more. So let's see how we can go with that. Mike's being pretty modest. He has over 50 years of running and doing triathlons under his belt with another 30 years of coaching committed and serious athletes. And if you're wondering about me, I've been in the endurance sport game for about 25 years now, done a sub three hour marathon and completed an Ironman triathlon in 10 hours. So I'd say I know a few things about what we're talking about. Another goal is to perform better as you age. No one is getting younger, so why not slow down? The slowing down. As Mike Tree says, listen to us and we'll help you do just that. We appreciate all the help and support that we can get. So if you can, please share out this episode to someone that you know that would like this. Oh, quick language warning. In some rare instances, we might use some bad words. So apologies in advance for that. Too many runners train in the gray zone. That's too fast for an easy run, but too slow for a hard run. Nose breathing is a natural way to ensure your easy runs are easy because you cannot supply enough oxygen to the muscles if you run too fast. A 2017 study published in the International Journal of Exercise Science showed breathing through your nose makes your heart rate higher than breathing through your mouth at the same pace. Yes, we go really deep on this. So some things you'll definitely learn on this episode, how our current training is going, the concept around how training actually makes you weaker, how, why, and when breathing through your nose versus your mouth works best, and for what type of runner, the actual dangers of nose breathing, yes, there are dangers, the great debate, caffeine or not before a workout, and a few cool things that will help you perform better in training, racing, and life. Let's get into the show with Mike Trees and me. All right. Hey, Mike. How are things going with you? Good, sir. Uh, not so bad. So I've had another week of not training on the bike when the wife's out uh, and jumping off as soon as she comes home. Uh, as you know, had the eye operation. Not officially, actually... Not that I'm not allowed to train, I'm just not allowed to sweat. So I figure that so long as I don't sweat, I'm okay. So uh, standing there, I've got a, a, the air condition on full blast. I've got a fan. You can imagine the, the setup. It's, it's 36 degrees outside, so it's pretty hot. So uh, in, inside, it's like 16 degrees. That's as cold as I can get it with the air con on. Uh, and as soon as a, a drop of sweat comes on the forehead, I've got to wipe it off with a towel. Uh, and then I've got to be off 
and uh, rest it up and pretend I'm not training when the wife comes home. So uh, it's all going well. <laughs> well, I think she's going to find out now uh, <laughs> that you were, you've been on the trainer. By the time this goes to air, I'll be able to train. So I'll have got away with it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, so yeah, so me, I've been, uh, I'm still recovering from that silly last week. You, you, you made an interesting point with the, you know, not having the bacteria and the, the germs around me. I, I didn't think about that. Um, obviously I can't do anything about it. And, um, it was probably the rest and recovery I needed, you know, every time, you know, people get injured and, uh, you know, get sick, it's like, oh, well I feel much better. And it's like, cause you probably needed it. Um, and I, it's really hard to not, it's really hard to take it when I'm feeling really good. And I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna keep training, keep, keep, keep training. Um, but I, when I do take time off, I feel like I'm losing my edge. Uh, I know I'll keep my aerobic base. Uh, I, I have a metaphor like aerobic base is like a backpack that kind of never goes away or it slowly, like you slowly lose stuff out of your backpack as you walk through the woods of, of not training and, and recovering and, and taking time off. I've heard that it takes like up to a month for your aerobic base to, to go away. And, you know, that's like lose a significant amount of aerobic base. And I know that's a conversation for another day. But uh, what, what are you, how do you, how do you feel about that? I mean, I know there's studies on that. I'm getting old and can't remember the exact studies, but there was a, a very good study uh, years ago on that, how little training you needed to keep a minimum amount of fitness. It was in a, 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 a printed paper magazine called Peak Performance. It was around in the, the 90s. Uh, and anyway, it was, uh, it, the bottom line is 16 weeks of 30 to 40 minutes training uh, three to four times a week, basically every other day, uh, was enough to maintain your fitness. So uh, a lot of people say, oh, I'm not getting anything done. So long as you can just do, you know, I say to people I'm coaching, so long as you can just get out every other day and do half an hour, you're going to maintain for 16 weeks. You're not going to go forward, but you're going to maintain. Uh, so don't stress about it. Mm. And then the other one that the other biggie that I like to always pull in is training makes you weaker. Rest is what makes you stronger. So when you go out training, you're not making yourself faster. You're actually uh hurting the body and the body likes it's lazy basically we're after homeostasis stasis we're after a lazy efficient easy life so the body thinks mm, if he's gonna hurt me i'm gonna make myself a little bit stronger so that doesn't hurt me next time <laughs> uh and then you go out and you train a bit more and he goes okay he's cleverer than i thought i'm gonna get even stronger so that, that doesn't hurt me next time uh but you've got to have the rest periods in between to allow yourself to get stronger so often a period of sickness and illness is a blessing in disguise that it does allow the body to, to recover a deep, deep recovery that will allow you to train harder next time. So don't stress too much. I'm sure you'll be uh, back to those fast 5Ks very shortly. Uh, sage advice, and uh, I do appreciate. That's a good study. I didn't even, um, I, I knew about the one month. I didn't know about the four months. Uh, so that's, that's mm. really interesting. But um, something that, that, that happens when I get off training and I was just doing on and off like one day on one day off and it was easy is that um, I start doing more obviously aerobic runs and easy runs and I I focus more on my breathing um, when mm. when I'm running slower and I know you know I should focus more on it when I'm running fast but I'm just focusing on just surviving the <laughs> workout uh, but I can you know be more mindful and go oh you know I'm, I'm feeling this my foot's planting like that where's my stride where's my breathing and um, it got me thinking about you know the the topic of this podcast which was obviously breathing um, so we can get into that warm-up complete so breathing through your nose is, a, is an interesting one. 
uh, for me, I, I didn't think it would be a very popular post, but I put it on my Instagram page and it's one of the most popular things that we, we had comments on. And I was actually amazed at how many people breathe through their nose when they run. I've never done it. I mean, I have actually gone out and gone little runs and just breathed through my nose just to check my pace and things. But generally, I decided, and I've read other research around the subject, that the nostrils just aren't big enough to get enough air in through your nose. And it, at, a, at a very low, easy, slow pace, yes, you can get enough oxygen in. And so breathing through your nose might be a useful tool to make sure you don't go too fast. But if you're training hard, you're not going to get enough air in the lungs breathing through your nose. Uh, so that's, that's my view. Now, if we go back a little bit further, breathing through the nose has benefit. I'm not against it, by the way. I, I although I say I haven't done it. And I know that Kipchoge and uh, quite a few Kenyans these days sort of practice breathing through their nose. But remember, they can probably get away with like, you know, two breaths every three minutes. <laughs> I mean, they, they, on an easy run, they, they're not using a lot of oxygen. Uh, there was a study. Sorry, let, let me go back to the, 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 the quick story on the, the, the late 90s sports science yep. class. And it was mm. something I was interested in, you know, majoring it at university, college. Ended up not going that route. Don't know why I didn't, because now I'm like, man, that would have been fun. But uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, it was it was late '90s, early 2000s technology. We were a bit far behind. But I just remember the sports science teacher in high school saying, uh, "Breathing in through the nose and out through the mouth is your best way to breathe." And that wasn't for any specific way or type of training. You know, it wasn't like, "Oh, this is best for." endurance distance running or this is best for sprinting or this is best for basketball so i took that as the gospel and like i did with everything that this sports scientist uh teacher told me and i implemented that up until you know basically i read that article that you that you wrote on instagram and okay. funny enough i then realized though the minute i start going hard i can't do in through my nose out through my mouth stop so, so i'm gonna do a little test now all these people that say yeah you've got to breathe through your nose the whole time now just take one big breath, as empty your lungs, and take one big breath in through your nose and see how long it takes to fill your lungs up. Ready? Go. That's pretty fast. Okay. Now <laughs> breathe out. It, it, it's a few seconds. Yeah. Now take one big breath through your mouth. <laughs> the difference for me is like I'll, I'll go through my nose. Like It's a few seconds. Through my mouth, it's instantaneous. Oh, I get what However, you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm getting that oxygen so much quicker. So I can actually do so much more breathing. So so long as my heart and lungs are efficient enough to process the oxygen in the lungs, I can get that oxygen around the muscles much more efficiently than I can through the nose. Got you. But what I do find that if you're breathing through your mouth, you do tense up more. You tend to be more shoulder breathing rather than diaphragm breathing. So I, this is where the argument comes in. So from a very easy, slow run, long, slow breaths through the nose might work for some people. We'll go back to the initial question, why is nose breathing good? It's very good to stimulate diaphragmatic breathing. Uh, and so people who are tense, uh, and, and if you're tense, you're losing energy, you're running inefficiently. So nose breathing can be good for diaphragmatic breathing to help you relax and to help pull the lung in and get a really good exchange of breath. If you're just breathing from the chest and the shoulders and using the shoulders to pull it in through the mouth, 
you might actually be doing lots of breaths, but only exchanging the very top part of the oxygen uh, air in your lungs and not actually exchange the whole carbon dioxide and the whole mix in the lungs. We want to exchange all the air in the lungs, not just the top little portion. So nose breathing might be good to get really deep, deep breaths. Uh, and then one other reason that I sometimes say nose breathing is good is just to check you're not running too fast. Yeah. Uh, I'm always saying we need to aerobic running, get out there and, and run at an aerobic pace. And people come back, what's an aerobic pace? They have no understanding of easy running, hard running. They just look at their watch. Uh, they're getting on a, they even look at the watch on their GPS on a track, which uh, blows my mind how you can use a GPS watch on a track when you've got 100 meter markers every 100 meters. Blows my, anyway, so they look at their watch uh, and, and it tells them how quickly they're going and the heart rate. It could be wrong. There could be a GPS mistake. Their heart rate signal might be wrong. So you need to know how you're feeling, not just using technology. And breathing through your nose is a very simple feedback. If you can't run and breathe through your nose, you're going too fast for an aerobic run. Uh, and so I often suggest that to beginners to get them to understand a little bit about their body. Uh, and so those are the two reasons I, I would go along with nose breathing uh, for deep diaphragmatic breathing and to keep you at an aerobic pace. But uh, apart from that, I don't do it. And, and I, I get a lot of people saying, oh, I race and you've got to breathe through your nose when you're racing. Well, I know I'm going to get a lot of hate mail on this one, but you just can't get enough air in the lungs when you're going at race pace, breathing through your nose, in my view, in my opinion. So, uh, yeah, let's let's see what people have to say about that. Ad break. This episode is brought to you by Energy Coaching, which is Mike Tree's coaching service. Mike and his team of coaches work with beginners to pros and all levels in between. No one is too fast and no one is too slow. They just want a desire to learn and improve. They focus on 1500 meter races to marathon running and triathlon training. Energy coaching is constantly overbooked. So Instagram and this new podcast venture, Trees and D Lake, gives Mike and the rest of his energy coaching team a way to reach out to more people and help them. Contact Mike and his team at the letters nrg-coaching.com or go to the link in the show notes. And back to the show. So, uh, yeah, let's let's see what people have to say about that. All right, so we've talked about when to use nose breathing, which is basically, uh, it's a check, and you're saying do it more in the easy yeah. runs, which is what I did. I, I did it inadvertently and not knowing um, in through my nose. So I have, uh, I guess, the best of both worlds. And I can, I can get pretty aerobic into my aerobic building, uh, also known as MAF, the, the higher moderate heart rate, which is still aerobic, mm. and in through nose, out through mouth. But the minute I basically tip over into threshold and race pace, you know, 5K, 10K proper efforts, um, it, it's always automatically mouth, mouth in, mouth out. Um, you referred to studies, which I did not know about, which is phenomenal. It's good to hear this because I would have argued. I'm like, no, 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 it's nose through mouth. And not knowing that I was still going you know, in and out through my mouth. But um, 
when should you not use nose breathing? And there, there's a warning that I think, and I'll, I'll kind of just lead in, and this is your words that I'm taking. Um, <laughs> you said, I believe it to be very dangerous to attempt a hard run breathing through the nose because of lack of oxygen supply to the muscles and brains and may cause you to pass out. So basically, if you're going to try nose breathing because you haven't been doing nose breathing, because um, obviously we've got people in two different camps. We've got the, the mouth breathers and we've got the nose breathers. Um, if you are a nose breather, be careful doing it and doing hard workouts. Um, I still think that there, I, I think it is literally impossible though to be a nose breather and do a hard workout. I, I, I was, yeah, I was yeah. breathing in and out through my mouth thinking I was breathing through my nose and it wasn't until I actually was like at the end of the workout, I'm like, <sighs> and then I went, oh, I'm breathing yeah. through my fucking mouth. You know, <laughs> I was just like, yeah. oh, this makes sense. Like you, your body automatically goes, where's the most amount of oxygen? And it's going to go yeah. to the, the, the least amount of resistance and the, the easiest place to get the oxygen. So because I'm not thinking, you know, I can't do math, as you said, it's simple arithmetic when I'm at the end of a race, uh, two plus two is very mm. hard to figure out or, you know, sorry, not two plus two, but it's yeah. more like, it's more like what's seven? times eight you know minus 49 i'd be like oh well i can't do that why the hell would my brain still also go keep breathing through your nose subconsciously it would then go no i'm i'm gonna have you focus on the next pole or the next hundred meters or whatever so yeah i digress that's my rant um for for the nose breathing you've definitely opened my eyes um do you have anything more to say yeah i think that people who who argue this and breathe through their noses uh, are just not running quick enough uh, to go out of an aerobic pace so that they're running at a much slower pace where their oxygen demands are much less so they're able to do this but as soon as you get to threshold you need more oxygen in the lungs I, I believe you need to breathe through the mouth uh, and I'm happy for some sports scientists to come and interject uh, and to show me different science on this but so far you know and I all, all top runners, you know, when, when they get to that threshold and beyond, they, they're breathing through the mouths. Uh, but then people did put some good comments on my, my post I hadn't thought about. So in, in the desert, in the Middle East, they're saying, look, we get so much dust and stuff in the atmosphere that breathing through my mouth, I just get all this dust into my lungs. Whereas through my nose, the, the hair and the follicles in your nose actually, up, you know, filter out that's what the nose is for that's why we generally breathe through the nose normally when we're walking is the nose will filter out all the dust and all the crap so that it, it gets caught up in mucus and then you sneeze it out into the hanky or you you snot it out or whatever but if you're breathing through the mouth it's going to go unfiltered straight to the lungs so uh yeah i can see why in certain places people might want to breathe through the nose but then i would say yeah yeah should you be running in that weather uh if you have no other choice that's one one thing but also you've got to keep the pace down if you're if there's a lot of dust in the air and other people say they get a really dry mouth if they breathe through the mouth uh and it's like well yeah i get a really dry mouth so when i'm running i I found that really hard to argue with because they said oh i i just get a dry mouth i can't breathe through my mouth because my mouth goes dry well if i'm in the in the middle of a race and it's a hot dry day yeah uh, my mouth does go dry. Uh, and I just accept that that's part of the things you've got to put up with when you're running, trying to do a race or trying to achieve a certain time that you get a dry mouth, uh, and you, you're gagging at the finish line for some water to wet your mouth again. But, uh, I hadn't actually thought of that, but some people just don't like that feeling. So they breathe through their nose because they don't like the feeling of having a dry mouth and no saliva in the mouth. So that was the reason they did it. But, but again, it would come back to saying, well, yep, it's hard on an Instagram post to put this information to feed that, yes, 
if you do that, just accept that you will be running slower. Now, if you don't mind running slow, that's not a problem. But if you want to run quicker, I would argue you have to breathe through the mouth and accept that on hot, dry days, you're going to get a, a dry mouth and it's just not a nice sensation and just put up with it. Or you say, I'll breathe through my nose, but I'll go slower. So you have to make a choice. You can't have both. You can't suddenly say, yes, I'm going to breathe through my nose and I want to go quicker. It's one or the other, in my view. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. And I think to summarize it all, again, based on what you've said in the past, for beginners to help them run slowly, yes, through the nose yeah. is fine. In, in through the out. It, help you, you relax. To relax, mm. yeah. E either in through yeah. the nose, out through the mouth, or in through the nose, out through the nose. Uh, for runners mm -hmm. who are struggling to relax and deep belly breath, and, mm -hmm. and breathe through their, their belly to get that proper diaphragm breathing. Yes, they should breathe through their nose. But people mm -hmm. that are doing intervals, tempo, speed running, racing, no, you shouldn't breathe through your nose, through the mouth. Um, and yeah, we'd love to know your thoughts on this topic. Do you have anything else to add? No, that's about it, really. I, I'm fascinated because I'd like to know if, if there is anyone out there that can actually race at a, at a high level, breathing through their nose only. I don't want to feel that I'm being bigoted or biased or telling people, oh, do this, because there's so many nose breezers that it wasn't hate mail, but so many people say, no, you're wrong. You've got to breathe through your nose. It's the only way. It's the only way. I'd love to know of some quality runners that are running and, and only breathing through their nose the whole time and not through their mouth. Uh, and then I'd be happy to be proved wrong. But so far, I don't know any. And you know, I'd, I'd like, if there is some studies, I'd love to read them. On nose breathers, uh, breathing and running anaerobically and running at a, at a high race pace through the nose. It's fascinating. Main set finished. Let's move into the cool down. All right. So another fun open ended question to our listeners to end off the the podcast episode. This one is about drum roll, please. Caffeine. So the reframing of this question is: Do you Consume caffeine before a training session, yes or no? And why? Mike, what is your take on this? Oh, this, this is a, a big one uh, as he goes for his cup of tea. <laughs> so those people that are listening to the podcast, I've just picked up my big mug of tea, uh, which is actually tea's got caffeine in, but not, not as bad as coffee. It's pretty high. So, no, I digress. Well, sorry, not digress. I, I will interrupt you on that. Um, some black tea, if you let it steep, you know, the full five minutes, has about 80, 90 milligrams worth of uh, caffeine in it. And uh, d depending on the coffee, when it was uh, grinded, when uh -huh. it was, you know, brewed, how it was brewed, um, you can get coffee as low as like 100, 120 milligrams and as high as mm. 150. So some black teas are getting in the range of, very close to the range of coffee if you let it steep that long. So just, just letting you know, yeah. tea, tea, can, tea can mess you up with, as far as caffeine goes. <laughs> two, two dunks of the tea bag for me. It's, it's, washy, it's, it's wishy washy water. Oh, but, okay. Uh, yeah, you're not getting any I, caffeine. I, I, yeah. yeah. But I, I get my caffeine in the morning, don't worry. So I try and get my caffeine before midday uh, and go to a, like a watery tea after midday. Uh, just because when I was working uh, in a previous life, I pro pro triathlete, people may or may not be interested to know, but previous life, I was a pro triathlete for... 15 years or so then i retired and uh set up a distribution business doing sports uh sportswear distributing it uh and we were so busy that i lived on caffeine you know we would even go out for a curry 
11, 12 o'clock at night, and I'd have a double espresso after the meal at midnight and go to sleep. I was so overdosed on caffeine, it actually made me sleepy. And that's one of the things, if you take too much caffeine, it actually makes you sleepy again. Uh, and then I had irregular heartbeats, the arrhythmias and all the other stuff that goes with caffeine. So I, I met a very clever guy, Ian Adamson, when I was working with Newton Running in Colorado. And he was always saying, yep, loves his coffee, but never have it after midday. Uh, and I thought, wow, that's a great, great way to do it. So I, I changed and now I only have caffeine up to midday. Uh, and it means I get to sleep early uh, and I don't have any problems. Amazing. Just changing that one thing from drinking all day to, to stopping at midday. I sleep through the night better. I don't have the heart arrhythmias anymore. Uh, and I just feel so much better. So before training, going back, do I have caffeine before training? So on a morning, typical summer in Japan, I have to wake up at four o'clock. So at four o'clock in the morning, I crawl to the kettle, put the kettle on uh, and make a coffee. Uh, and then, as you do these days, you have a quick look at Instagram, drink the coffee, and then I'm out for a run. Now, if it's an easy run, it's just one cup of coffee, and I'm on my way. Uh, and enjoy the run, and I take lots of fluid with me. But if I've got a hard run in the morning, it, it's two and sometimes three cups of coffee before I go out the door. So I'll get up at four, uh, and I won't run till five. Now, there's various reasons for that. One is about ooh, six years ago now, I had a, a bad back operation uh, and my back, it's still a mess. It takes an hour for the, the back to loosen up. You know, when I get out of bed in the morning, I can't walk for the first half an hour, you know, and eventually after an hour, I can touch my toes and everything's loosened up. It's just so stiff. Wow. Uh, so that, that hour, it's quite easy to get three cups of coffee in that hour while I'm waiting for the back to loosen up and walking around and stretching. Uh, but I, if it's an easy run, I'll try and just limit it to one. But if it's a hard run that I've got, uh, I'll have three cups of coffee because it gives you a little bit of a boost. It, it gets the mental, it gets me mentally alert. Uh, it gets the fat burning going. Uh, there is a bit of a, it, it is a bit of a stimulant uh, and it just makes the run feel easier and less painful on a hard run. Mm. But an easy run, no, I try to limit the amount of coffee I have before an easy run because uh, I don't think you need it. Uh, and I could go into a lot more detail because there's lots of technical studies on whether you should, you, some people say you shouldn't train at all with caffeine and just use it on race day to help you. Uh, but then that's, that's actually, in a sense, it's almost like you're using it as an ergogenic aid, uh, like a, uh, what's the word? Uh, like a, it's a drug, isn't it? It's a legal drug. You're using it to help yeah. you race quicker. Yeah. It's almost like, Cheating. I, I mean, I'm addicted to this drug all the time. I mean, I just like to have it just generally. I don't take it per se more. You know, I don't take it, you know, not have it all the time and then just do it on race day. I just like, I like coffee. I like doing my coffee. Uh, and it, it, it is a legalized stimulant. Uh, but it, it does make the easier runs easy. Uh, I mean, sorry, the harder runs easy uh, before. Uh, and I do try just for health reasons to limit a little bit before the easy runs because... I used to be addicted to coffee in a big way and, and drink far too much. Mm. Mm. So that's my little take on it. But it'd be interesting to do a podcast actually on the whole thing of caffeine. Uh, and it's not just tea. You know, in, in Japan, people say, oh, I don't touch coffee and things. 
uh, I have healthy drinks. I have green tea. It's like, wow, <laughs> man, there's so much caffeine in green tea. <laughs> yeah, it has ca- ca- gre- the, the caffeine in green tea is like slightly below black tea. Black tea has the highest caffeine. I've yeah. done I've done some studies on my own and some research. I haven't done my own studies, but I've done my own research on the studies on caffeine. And um, I'll, I'll give you my answer while I've got the the microphone. Literally, uh, for me, na- I'm gonna be against you, Mike. And I'm 99% no before training sessions. Um, and why there's that 1% of leeway, I'll tell you in a second. But I've experimented with caffeine extensively since uh, how long? Um, I, I've never drank caffeine. I didn't start drinking caffeine until I moved to Australia. So I'll give you a quick story. I didn't know how to order a caffeine. I went to, uh, sorry, order a coffee. A coffee. I, uh-huh. I, I would always go to the cafes and just get like a hot chocolate or, um, or boring, you know, ink. I didn't even know what the teas were back then. Um, so I've been here 10 years. And I just remember looking at the coffee, like, why is there so many coffee options? And, and then I just remember going and it was really quiet. And the barista was, she seemed nice and she didn't seem like she ridiculed me. And I was like, can you explain to me these coffees? I was like, I think I want to drink one. And she was like, yeah. So she's like, okay, all of them start with the shot. The shot is the base. Yeah. And she's like, and then it's just the different types of milk or no milk. And I was like, oh mm. my God, you have blown my fucking mind. So I know, because what, what, the problem was that I came from the US, which is Starbucks Starbucks culture, which is Frokamapa, Loco Macachina, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, huh? And all there is is just sugar and milk. And they just went crazy with it. Whereas Australia, their coffee culture is probably some of the best and a lot of people are replicating it all over the world because of Mm -hmm. the Italians. I'm going to go a history lesson. The Italians came here and they were the ones that started the espresso machine. Not espresso as Americans say. It's espresso with an S, no X. Um, It's literally with an X in America. They spell espresso with an X. Um, So they they came over with the espresso machine um, when the immigrants of Italy, whatever it was, a few hundred years ago, um, settled here in, in, in Australia. And then Australians bastardized their espresso, which is just a black coffee, and started doing all these different versions of milk. And that's when I got that into would, it, and I was that would like, be the pommies. <laughs> that would be the what? The, the, the pommies, the yes, Brits, the British, the, yes, the, the British, the, the British. The, the, which the, are, Australians are just in. yeah, Australians are just bastardized versions of you British um, people. <laughs> and I then, you know, this is after bike rides. So I'll I'll tie this back to endurance. Um, after bike ride, everyone gets a coffee. It's the you know the whole point of the bike ride is to have a coffee afterwards. You talk your shit with your with your mates here, you know, and I written that coffee tastes great after a bike ride. You know, you get your banana bread or a muffin or some type of sandwich. Um, and I was like, I want to learn the coffee culture. Love the way, you know, some of the coffee taste and you know, started getting more into the black coffees and the single origins. Um, with the, which is the African Kenyan blends, um, which you don't put milk into. It's kind of like whiskey. And I was like, oh, it's kind of like dark chocolate. So I started going down this rabbit hole of coffee and, you know, taste buds and the front palate, back palate and all that. Um, then I started realizing something. And I was like, I get jitters after drinking one cup of coffee. And I was uh, like, oh, uh-huh. the coffee is really strong here. Um, then I started doing more research on how much milligrams is in a cup of coffee and then versus tea. So I started dropping down a tea and I kept getting jitters. And I was like, okay, I'm done. So I basically like drink decaf now. And I don't like drinking it before runs and pretty much all training sessions except for a race prep session. That's the only one I'll do it, like a a 5K predictor, you know, session where I'm trying to find out, am I ready for this 5K race in two weeks? I'll then do um, very focused gel. Uh, It's an espresso gel. It's got 150 milligrams, which puts me through the absolute roof. Uh, someone that uh-huh. doesn't drink coffee and I go to 150 milligrams, yeah. I'm like, 
That's huge, yeah. But the you know from the research I've read, you don't get the benefits until like 125, 150 milligrams. So I need mm-hmm. to be on that top end. And you know, as they said even up to 300 is where it actually kicks in. I cannot do 300. That's like three or four coffees. So I can't do what you do, Mike. And um, yeah, so through all that, you know, trial and error with myself, uh, I realized that I don't need the coffee to feel good. Honestly, I just need some water for easy runs. And I'm fine for the harder runs or the longer runs. I can do fine with uh, making sure I just get sugar and I'm awake. I have a lot of energy, as you probably know. I'm very hyped and I don't need drugs. I don't need Coke. I don't need coffee uh, and Coke, Coke the drug. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. I can, I, I just, I'm really high off life. Like just, I've said that before. I'll say it again. So I, I can wake up early in the morning and have a good time. But like I said before, it does work for me for the races and, you know, based on the studies, and I, I, am, I have performed better from that. It does fuck my sleep up, though. Excuse my language. <laughs> um, mm. And I need to be very careful. So the earlier my race is, the better. If I have a 7 a.m. race, you know, I'm down that coffee at 5 a.m. And then it's out of my system by the time I go to sleep at 9 p.m. So, yeah, I am, I am not addicted to coffee. I don't like being addicted to anything. And it, it just doesn't serve me well. So, uh, so that's, that's where I stand on it. Love to hear what you think, listeners. Mike, you got anything to add to that? Yeah, no, it's a very individual thing, definitely. Uh, uh, in terms of, I, I think I have a high tolerance level to caffeine because I drank so much in the past. But compared to that, I, I drink very little. It's like, it, it's, it's three, and it's, it's a lot compared to you, three cups of coffee, but I stop at midday now. Uh, and, and I do feel that it, it just gives me a little kick that I enjoy in the training. Uh, but I, I, I don't, I've never smoked. Uh, I, I, don't drink much anymore. Uh, in fact, since COVID's been on, I, haven't been, I can't remember what I was to a restaurant or a pub. So, uh, yeah, caffeine is my one, one vice, but I, I enjoy it. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's a personal thing. Uh, and there's lots and lots of studies on it. It, it is a, uh, an ergogenic aid. It does uh, boost performance. But you got to take that, you know, if you're, caffeine intolerant like you are and, and you c- can't take much you've got to be a little bit careful because a little bit uh goes a long way uh a friend uh, <laughs> talking about stories a friend of mine came out we were when we were in england uh we used to cycle with him he was a ex-swimmer uh, and there's a new company coming out that did caffeine powders that you just added a little bit to your supplement uh and, and away you go uh and evidently i can't remember the name of the company uh, and this caffeine was purer, better, better made, all, all the, you know, all the pluses that everyone tells you on the sales gump. So he came around and he was jittering. Uh, we said, what's wrong? He goes, uh, he lived on his own and just around the corner from us. And he came around and he said, I, I came out to you guys because I, I know you guys are more sensible than anyone else and probably know what, what's happened. And I said, what have you done? He said, uh, I've just taken a, uh, uh, a little bit of caffeine. Uh, and it said in the tub to take one small teaspoon uh, and dilute it to the acid. Oh, I, I took a tablespoon of it. <laughs> <laughs> so he said, I misread teaspoon for tablespoon. So he take about 10, 10 to anyway. We rushed into A&E and they said, look, there's nothing we can do. We'll put you on a drip, dilute it a little bit, and you're going to feel like shit for the next 48 hours. So he was in hospital for 48 hours. Oh. Uh, he just, he said, I feel like I'm going to die. And that's all he kept saying. So caffeine overdose, it's not fun. And he just kept saying, oh, thanks. Thanks for bringing me here, guys. Thanks. And he said he couldn't eat anything. He couldn't face coffee or caffeine for ages afterwards. 
Uh, and he just kept saying, I'm sure, I feel as I'm going to have a heart attack and die. And the, the hospital said, yep, you'll feel like that, but you're fine. You're not going to die, <laughs> but you're taking way, way too much. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's, they banned in Australia. They're really uh, conservative here with, um, with certain types of drugs. And they banned the powder form of caffeine. But you well, can, I can understand it. Yeah. A little mistake like that. Wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I actually found someone on eBay because I was trying to get my, I was trying to dial it in perfect. And I found someone on eBay, mm. and I'm sure it was illegal. And I had it as a packet. I have a two year old son, and I just oh, had it. Yeah. And I was like, I don't even want this in my yeah. house. And I just threw it away. Like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't yeah. need it. And I was like, I, don't, I definitely don't want my son to get it because that could literally kill him. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, yeah. yeah, you know what? This is like actually a drug. It's like having a gun in the house. I'm just going to keep this in the garbage and I'll just have the gel and I keep the gels up high and they just come out for race day. I bought six of them. I've got four left and I think I bought them six months ago. So uh, as you can see how much I race and it's just like, they just come out for race day and and that's what I do. Um, But yeah, like I said earlier, love to hear from what you guys think. Everyone's different. And you know, again, is it yes or no? Do you use caffeine before training? Um, There's no right or wrong answer. And why? Let us know. Let's go. Welcome to the show, I'm your host, Aaron So, aka D-Lake. Tips and tactics, you could train like a pro. This cast to help you run faster than you could go. All the PRs you could beat, your course records, it comes in your upcoming season. Right. Don't you agree? Endurance sports, a metaphor for life. That's that metaphor, baby. Eating clean so you can rest and sleep all night. Don't master a lot, don't master a little, just stay in the middle. Don't master all, don't master none. Just be a master of some. Is the health and fitness internet too much sometimes? Too many conflicting articles and videos that confuse you on how to train and eat right? Or you don't have time to just read and watch everything about, I don't know, the new trends on carb cycling for trail running. Don't worry, we'll take care of all that for you. Sign up for our free email newsletter, Three Thing Thursday. We'll put three perfectly curated and created things in your inbox for better living and training. Go to delaycreates.com slash TTT. We do the hard, time-consuming work and scour the health and fitness internet's deepest and darkest corners. This is so that every Thursday, you have a piping hot new email with the latest and coolest tips, tricks, tools, tactics, and skills. All so that you can train and live consistently to do dope shit in your next endurance event. If you sign up now, you can receive my quick guide on how to get healthy, stay fit, and use data to create habits that last a lifetime. That's delatecreates.com slash TTT to be inspired and motivated on the regular. Time. Time is a resource no one can make more of, so we appreciate you taking precious time out of your day to listen this far. Our goal is to show the world how to live better through running, cycling, and triathlon. The episode and many others have a transcription. Go to the show notes description to find out more. This was produced in Sydney, Australia, and I'd like to acknowledge the Gadigal of the Eora Nation, who are the traditional custodians of this land. I pay my respects to the elders, past, present, and future. I recognize their continuing connection to the land, waters, and culture. These lands were stolen and sovereignty was never ceded. If you like this episode, again, we'd highly appreciate it if you go on whatever app you listen to and make sure to follow D-Lit Creates Podcast. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Acast, and a bunch of others. And if you're feeling real loose, a rating, review, or share of this episode to anyone you know that would be into something like this would be amazing. If you have any questions, concerns, suggestions for the episode, or hell, you want to be on the show, hit us up. The best way is to email talk, T-A-L-K, at dlakecreates.com. We're also on the socials, mainly Instagram. 
You can hit up Mike Trees at the letters R-U-N.N-R-G. Or you can hit me up on Instagram at dlakecreates.com. Or just wherever you can find us is fine. If you need any transcripts, you're into podcasting, or let's say you just are big into accessibility, please use the company that we use, SpeechDocs. You can check them out at speechdocs.com. Don't worry if you didn't get all that. There's a link in the show notes description. Thank you again so much for listening. Peace.